The Holy Gospel for this day, the second Sunday in the season of Easter, is from Luke chapter 24, beginning at verse 13. Now on that same day, when Jesus had appeared to Mary Magdalene, two disciples were going to a village called Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing, Jesus himself came near and went with them. But their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And he said to them, What are you discussing with each other while you walk along? They stood still, looking sad. Then one of them, whose name was Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only stranger in Jerusalem who does not know the things that have taken place there in these days? He asked them, Well, what things? They replied, The things about Jesus of Nazareth, who was a prophet, mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and leaders handed him over to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things took place. Moreover, some women of our group astounded us. They were at the tomb early this morning, and when they did not find his body there, they came back and told us that he had in, indeed seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. Then he said to them, Oh, how foolish you are, and how slow of heart to believe all that the prophets declared. Was it not necessary that the Messiah should suffer these things and then enter into his glory? Then, beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them the things about himself in all the scriptures. As they came near the village to which they were going, he walked ahead as, as if he were going on. But they urged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, because it is almost evening, and the day is now nearly over. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at the table with them, he took bread, blessed and broke it, and gave it to them. Then their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, were not our hearts burning within us while he was talking to us on the road, while he was opening the scriptures to us? That same hour they got up and returned to Jerusalem, and they found the eleven and their companions gathered together. They were saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and he has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he had been made known to them in the breaking of the bread. This is the gospel of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Grace to all of you and peace from God our Creator and from our Lord and from our Savior Jesus the Christ. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Great and glorious day, we continue our celebration of Easter, of resurrection, of new life. Today we are surrounded by a beautiful, beautiful weather. The sun is shining. Our hearts are lifted up as we experience your word proclaimed and your sacrament administered. Be with us here now as surely as you are with the people on the road to Emmaus. As surely as you are with the women at the tomb, your spirit is here now. In Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Well, this story called the Road to Emmaus story is one of the stranger stories in the New Testament. It's the same day that the women went to the tomb. So this is the very first Easter, resurrection of our Lord. 
Assuming it's later in the day, two of Jesus' followers, two of his disciples, are walking seven miles outside of Jerusalem. For what purpose? We're not quite sure. But we can imagine their body language, their posture was probably bent over, heads down, murmuring to each other. They are very, very sad in a deep valley. Jesus comes alongside them. And here's one of the strange things in the story. So Jesus and these disciples have been together for maybe three years or more. But they don't recognize Jesus after they've been together for three years. Maybe they are so caught up in their own deep valley, their own world, that they just can't see beyond their pain and their grief. Jesus walks with them and asks them to describe what they're talking about. They say, well, we had hoped that Jesus would inaugurate an era of peace and kindness and compassion and justice to redeem Israel, but it all ended in tragedy. Jesus then is about to walk on as they get to the town of Emmaus and these disciples recover their manners and say, no, no, wait, Jesus, come and have dinner with us. So Jesus goes in, has dinner with these disciples and while they're having dinner, Jesus takes the bread, lifts it up, blesses it, breaks it and immediately they recognize it is Jesus. That's a little bit odd too, don't you think? And then something really odd, what happens next? Poof! He's gone. So yeah, it's a strange story. But at the very end of the story, which we don't emphasize very much, the mood of the disciples now has changed dramatically. Instead of being somber and sad in their deep valley, they are filled with enthusiasm, excitement. They return to Jerusalem and tell everyone the story that Jesus is alive. Now we look at a story like this and we see the disciples are blind to Jesus' presence and we think, well, that's crazy. How could they not notice that Jesus is right there with them? But then we start thinking about it and about our own lives, about how often we too are surrounded by our own cares and concerns, that we are in our own little world, that we tend to neglect the presence not only of Jesus, but the holy and the divine and the good and the beautiful and the love that's all around us every day. Jesus promises to walk with us in the deepest valleys, onto the highest mountaintops of joy and into the ordinary moments of life. Today I encourage you to think about Emmaus moments and how we can be like the disciples, so caught up in our own world that we fail to see them around us. Let me share an example with you, an Emmaus story. It's a made-up story, but we can see ourselves in it. So, you work in downtown Seattle, big company, one of the high-rises. You're in sales, and you just lost a $100,000 contract, and your boss is not happy and seems to be very unreasonable. Your computer also crashes. And then when you go down to get on the bus, the bus was full. You have to wait three buses to get on. You do get a seat. But as you go and you're heading back across on 520, an elderly woman 
He is standing, oh, just feet from you. And you fail to notice that she needs a place to sit down because you're so wrapped up in your disaster of a day. You're driving across 520, and it's a rare, beautiful sunset with the sun shining against Mount Rainier, reflecting the snow back across the lake. A sailboat is gliding across. You don't even notice. You get home, and your son wants a big hug, and your husband has prepared your favorite meal, and you are snappy. And you have missed the holy around you and the beautiful part of your day. It's an Emmaus story, you see. And it makes us understand that we're maybe a little bit like those disciples who are walking. So preoccupied that we don't notice right by our side the presence of the holy and the divine. Or consider this story. You're at coffee with a group of friends and the conversation turns a little bit gossipy. And you're talking about a neighbor who doesn't happen to be there. And you're part of that conversation and you actually participate in the downward spiral with an eye-rolling story of your own about this neighbor. And you don't even notice the presence of the holy and the divine when one of the people in the conversation begins changing the subject and turning the conversation so ever slightly until it starts spiraling upward in an affirmative kind of way. And you are on the road to Emmaus. Or consider an Emmaus story that comes from the Bible itself. There is a wonderful story in the book of Matthew where the people fail to recognize Jesus in their midst. The story goes like this. Jesus is talking about a heavenly banquet and Jesus is there to welcome people into this heavenly banquet. The king, King Jesus, come, you good and righteous people, come into the banquet and thank you for all you have done for me. And the good and righteous people are a little bit confused and then Jesus continues and says, well, you saw me and you reached out to me. And they say, when did we see you? And Jesus says, and you'll, you'll know this passage. When I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. When I was naked, you clothed me. When I was sick, you took care of me. When I was a stranger, you welcomed me. When I was in prison, you visited me. And the good and righteous people said, no, we didn't see you. And Jesus responds by saying, whenever you see anyone in need, you see me. A little Emmaus story of the presence of Christ in our midst now, not just then. I could go on with story after story, but I think the point has been made that we are also walking our road to Emmaus, sometimes so caught up that we fail to recognize the presence of the holy and the divine around us. So my assignment to you, one of the assignments, is to have you open your eyes this week and look for the presence of the holy around you in the beauty of nature or in a loving relationship or in the face of a stranger or someone in need. So maybe this story isn't so strange after all. 
But then there's that strange point about poof, he disappears, which is the second really strange part of this story. So they're having this meal, and I think we all understand that's a euphemism for communion. So Jesus is there, and the disciples have gathered, and my image is that the disciples are on either side of Jesus, and that when Jesus is in holding up the bread and the wine, and he disappears, they're left looking at each other. And maybe there's a sense here that the Emmaus story is meant for us to look for Christ in each other. Maybe that's the very reason that this story, this strange story, is told. As I think about that, I think about our church, Holy Spirit Lutheran Church, and why we do communion every single Sunday. We do communion every single Sunday because we want to discipline ourselves for at least one hour in our week to open our eyes to the presence of the divine. Even though Jesus is walking with us all through the week, this hour, this moment, we hold up the bread and the wine and in our Lutheran theology, we believe that Jesus Christ is really here present. Sometimes we Lutherans, I don't know if we teach this well enough, think that we do communion as a reminder of something that happened a long time ago. It's much more than that. Our Lutheran theology says there is, and this is the fancy word they use, in communion it's the real presence of Jesus. It's Jesus now with us as certainly as he was on that road to Emmaus, as certainly as he was to his disciples. Jesus is here with us now. When we uh, designed this church 15 years ago now. We remodeled the interior. Those of you who have been around a while, it's like 15 years. And in the process of designing this worship space, we made it a point, in fact, the first point is to pull the altar table as far as we could out into the congregation so that we would emphasize two things. One, that it is God who comes down and meets us here. It's not we who work our way up to God, it's God who comes to us. That's primary, really important. The second thing which we didn't talk about very much it basically kind of within the staff we talked about, we want the table out here so that not only will people see Jesus in the bread and wine of communion, but they'll tend to look across the altar at other people in the room and that they will see then in other people the presence of the holy as well. I don't think we've taught the congregation that very often. That's why we have pulled this out so far. We haven't figured out how to go poof and disappear, but if you could kind of look across and see each other in the presence of the divine. So, today, we are the ones on the road to Emmaus, and we will see the presence of Christ. Our eyes will be opened in the bread and the wine, and as we look across the room, we will see the presence of the holy in one another. Amen.